Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hi there. This is Anna David. You're listening to my podcast, Light Hustler. I'm so happy you listen. There are a lot of options out there in podcast land, and the fact that you have chosen this one means a ton to me, so I want to thank you for that. I'm going to get right into today's episode. This is a very special one. This is with Brad Voss. He is somebody who is in my accountability group. That's how I got to know him. I co-run an accountability group with Austin Cooper of Sober Evolution, which you should be following on Instagram. We launched this group in January, January 1st to be exact, and it has connected me with a group of the most motivated, inspiring, wonderful, funny people, most of whom I have never met, and Brad is one of them. So what I wanted to do, we we did this Facebook Live in the private group, and then afterwards, it was such a special conversation, I decided I wanted to release it as an episode. So... That is it. Um, If you want to find out more about that accountability group, go to lighthustler.com slash community. Lighthustler.com slash community. And this is such a special guy. You are going to love him. Remember, it's better with the lights on. So go out there and hustle your light, Light Hustler. This is Brad Voss. What is up, Light Hustlers? Who's here? This is a very spontaneous Facebook Live. I am here with our one and only Brad Voss like boss. That's right. That's right. You guys know him and you love him because he's a very, a very like opinionated and funny commenter in previous Facebook Lives. And this is so no pressure, but this is something I'm really excited about. I haven't even told Austin I'm doing it. Sorry. Uh, But basically, Brad and I were messaging and we decided that I was going to interview him the way that I interview people for my podcast on my Facebook page. But we would just do it for you guys, because basically we we had a lot of it was really cool to do a Facebook live with David Griggs and talk about where he's come from and the accountability and everything. But what about getting to know our fellow members? And that's Brad is our sacrificial lamb slash poodle. Spoiler alert. He's got a poodle on his lap. You guys, is that still true? Uh, She's left the lap. She she uh, she's monkeying around down here. Um, Brad just said something really funny too. We were talking about how I asked if his poodle was sober and he said that she's basically been witness to a scared straight program by witnessing what daddy has done. Yeah. So Brad, I'm going to tell you what I know about you, which is very little. And then I'm going <laughs> to fill in the blanks. I know that you are Canadian. Correct. 
I know because we've messaged about it that you sort of have gone in and out of AA. Correct. I know that you have posted about uh, having a sort of soulless sales job. Is that accurate? That is absolutely correct. Okay. So let's fill in the place. So how old are you? Uh, I'm 33. Okay. You're a baby. So you're <laughs> 33 year old alcoholic addict. One of the two, do you use them interchangeably? Uh, I'm an alcoholic. I have used drugs recreationally in the past, almost only so I could drink more and longer. Um, most of my story, uh, revolves around alcoholism though. Um, but uh, I've used many different things in my life to try to fill the void that I believe is there, mm -hmm. um, which isn't really there. It's just what I think. And uh, gambling became a problem for a little while. Um, alcohol has always been the biggest problem. If I'm, if I'm sober, uh, I can generally deal with everything else, mental health issues, everything else is manageable. Um, once the alcohol is into my system though, it's like, uh, it's like the incredible Hulk of craziness. And, uh, so yeah, I, you know, to give you a little bit more about my story, I, I started into recovery, let's say, uh, about three and a half years ago, um, at the insistence of my sister who I was living with at the time and who was getting really sick of my shit. And am I on the swear? Oh, swear away. Fuck yeah. All right. Yeah. So <laughs> she was getting really sick of my shit. And that's when I first went to AA. Uh, I did a lot of comparing rather than relating. Uh, I went to the first meeting and nobody was within 30 years of me. And I thought, this cannot be the place for me. Um, my journey and, and why I reached out to you really is um, some people's story is, you know, they, they got sober, stayed sober, haven't looked back. That hasn't been my case, I've had periods of sobriety, um, periods in AA and smart recovery, um, kind of gone in and out, but I've always uh, maintained that I need to keep going forward. I know intellectually what is best for me. Uh, it's linking that with uh, emotionally and what's in my heart, what's best for me all the time. Okay, you've said so many things. I, I want to try to go back in some kind of an order that, that uh, it, I, okay, I want to talk about the gambling. I want to talk about what you mean when you say the Incredible Hulk. And I definitely want to hear about smart recovery because I actually don't know anybody who has tried that. I mean, I know lots of people have tried it. I've never talked to one of those people. Okay. So let's just do that in chronological order. Uh, gambling. What kind of gambling? Uh, mostly online. Uh -huh. Uh -huh poker, betting on sports. Uh, I'm a big sports fan. So uh, my ego, if we want to call it that, will tell me that I know better than uh, than Vegas and mm -hmm. uh, and I can beat them. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that certainly is not the case. Um, most of my, uh, I guess you could say I'm addicted to more. Most of my um, behaviors, uh, compulsions, they're to the extreme. Um, and gambling became one that uh, my financial downfall and my uh, mental and emotional downfall was really quick. Um, now that's one that I find a lot easier now to keep under wraps um, opposed to drinking, which I find uh, much more difficult. Um, because it's just easy to sort of pretend that doesn't exist as opposed to alcohol that's everywhere. Or do you think there's another reason for that? I think that's part of it. Um, most of the time, honestly, that I that I 
gambled. I was drunk, which is a really, really bad combination. <laughs> um, it's built a lot of casinos in Las Vegas that way. Um, but yeah, it's not quite as, uh, as accessible and in your face. Um, and there's, you know, there's programs that you can put on your computer and whatnot to avoid certain websites, not be able to go on to them, ban yourself from them. Mm -hmm. I can't walk into a local liquor store and say, please don't uh, sell me liquor anymore. Uh, they're just not going to listen to me. <laughs> but it's it's interesting. They do say for straight up gambling addicts, um, you know, it is the hardest one to to treat. And the, there's a higher suicide rate in gambling addicts than in alcoholics, any other kind of addiction. Did you know that? Uh, I'm well aware of that, actually. Part of uh, part of my story, my, my mother had a gambling problem, um, I guess probably still does. She's not practicing as far as I know. Um, but she had lost so much money um, and was so shameful and disappointed um, that uh, she had attempted suicide about five or six years ago um, in order to get life insurance money to get it back for my dad, what she had lost. Um, so I know firsthand the dangers of, of gambling and uh it can be, it's a slippery slope. Um, I, I find a lot, especially when I'm talking to people in AA and in recovery, um, they may give up, give up drinking, they may give up drugs. Uh, that seems to be one that's a default to go to though, because for me anyway, it, it hits the same pleasure receptors in my brain. It's mm -hmm. the same sort of high, I guess. Um, knowing, you know, it didn't matter if I won or lost either. Um, it was just doing it. It, I had no real satisfaction from winning um, and losing didn't really matter that much um, to the point that between that and my drinking, um, I declared bankruptcy when I was 31 years old. Um, yeah, so lost everything I had had built to that point, um, basically just through my own self-destructive behavior. Um, by the way, there's like a weird little tweeting in the background, and I don't mean somebody on Twitter. Do you hear that like bizarre? I I think it's in your background somewhere. Is it really the noises in my head? When you I, speak to me, do I just hear birds chirping? Is that possible? I hear something. If you don't hear it, then I'm not going to worry about it. But um, yeah, I don't. I don't hear anything. <laughs> so yeah, that's interesting. My dad is actually a gambling addict as well. But what that did for me is it. I, I see no allure in it at all. I mean, he stole my trust fund. He lost so. I mean, he loses yep. so much money that um, that it, it's just unfathomable to me. And and I think that that can that can happen. Is um, you know, you go one way or the other after what you see. Much like your dog's sobriety. Yes. You know? um, she's she's strictly uh, water. She's just on on the she's on the water wagon. She's um, on the water wagon. Yeah. So, so, so you have been, how long are you sober now? I am currently, as of today, one month sober again. One month sober, because I did know from, you know, you, you post so honestly and so openly in this group, and when you were around, you are around, you are posting, and so it is very obvious when you are not around, um, right. more I'd say than anybody else. So, so I know that, you know, we started off this group January 1st, raring to go, you were posting your schedule every day, what you were doing, and then what happened? Um, I would say, and then uh, it's like the parable of the, the, the two wolves. You, are you aware of this one? Oh, yeah. The good wolf and the bad uh, wolf. Well, just in case. 
Okay, so uh, uh, it's a it's an old Cherokee parable about uh, a grandson uh, talking to his grandfather, and his grandfather tells him that inside all of us there's a, a battle going on between a good wolf and a bad wolf. The good wolf represents you know honesty, caring, compassion, all all these good uh, characteristics, I guess. The bad wolf is greed, envy. Um, mm. uh, you know, anger, all these, uh, all these bad traits. And the grandson says, um, so grandpa, which one wins? And the grandfather simply says the one you feed, um, the one that I started feeding and it wasn't, it wasn't through drinking or anything yet, but, um, starting to isolate and not being as big a part of the group. And yeah, I was, I was like full on when we started, as you know, every morning, um, and probably out on the Pacific coast there, you were getting it like in the middle of the night, basically yeah, every morning. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about how my habits are going and everything. And then poof, gone for a couple of weeks. Um, and that is part of, um, that's been part of my story. Um, and that is a, a big part of why I reached out to you and wanted to see if this was a possibility, because I know for people in early recovery, even people that have been back and forth a fair bit, um, this is a sort of uh, common commonality, I would say, where, you know, um, things can be going good and I know what I'm doing is working. And so what am I going to do? I'm going to stop doing that. I'm going to pour some pour some gasoline on it and light some fire on it. Um, and I think that comes from some kind of I'm not a psychologist, but some kind of uh, deeper self-worth issues uh, and unworthiness, you know, getting a lot of even in this group of people that I don't really know, getting a lot of props and, and all that sort of thing and thinking, maybe I don't deserve this. Um, that is so interesting because I have all sorts of self-destructive tendencies, but not that one. And so, and so I'm curious what happens in the brain. So, but I also do know, this is how I relate, is I get emails every day from people who say, God, thank you so much. You, you have gotten me. So your pocket, this is, and every single time my reaction is so weird. I, it doesn't make me happy. It makes me go, well, I'm not worthy of this. They're mistaken. They're confused. I'm just do, this is what I do for a living. So I, I, I face that all the time, but on a conscious level. So everybody in the group is like, Brad, you're so awesome. Blah, blah, blah. Do you think, oh, I don't deserve this. I suck. Like what happens in the brain? I don't know if it's, if it's perfectly conscious, but, um, I think it, it's a, it's a slow sort of thing. It's like, you know, I, I've gone to 12 step meetings a lot. It's like missing a couple meetings and, and, uh, you know, it's a snowball after that. And then it's like, Ooh, I'm kind of ashamed. Now I can't go back again. And, uh, you know, what are they going to think? And, and a lot of it is, is sort of, what do other people think of me? Mm. Um, you know, like I said, intellectually, uh, and I've done a lot of research and everything, I I know and I think most of us know what's good for us and what's not good for us. Um, for me, connection is huge. It's it's huge. It's when I'm isolating even just myself and Poodle Charlie, um, although she's a great companion, uh, when I'm isolating, I'm heading further and further away from my goals. I'm, I'm completely feeding the bad wolf, so to speak. And I'm uh, I'm heading usually down a track of relapse of uh, some kind of destructive behavior. Um, so, there, so there's a, a degree of, of self sabotage that that I'm subconsciously addicted to. I think. 
So what could people do for that? I mean, first of all, literally for you in this group, but for anybody who's listening who relates to that, what can they tell the people in their lives to do? Or is there nothing? Because I remember people were reaching out and being like, Brad, where are you, buddy? Are you okay? And there was just crickets. Radio silence, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I, I think for me, um, I've, I've maintained there's another member in our group that joined recently, Ryan, and uh, he's my sponsor, friend, all around good guy. And um, so I maintain contact with him. Um, oh, there, there he is. I maintained uh, contact with him uh, throughout that time. So my biggest advice would be to keep it small, keep it simple. If, if, if I'm feeling like I'm going to isolate, at least start with somebody, with one person that I can reach out to until I'm comfortable again to do something like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, and it, it's for me, anxiety has always been a part of my, my story depression, um, you know, runs the whole gamut. But, you know, when I get into um, into a state where I'm kind of, I don't want to, I almost don't want to bother anyone um, because I don't, I don't feel well. I think that the most, the best thing to do is just to talk about it, but to talk about it, even just with one person you trust, and then it's like building up again. So there is definitely an answer. I don't know exactly what the answer is. I've always found for myself, it's it's the opposite of my addictions, of my self-destructive behavior is always connection, always, always been connection. Even though I'm a very introverted person um, and I enjoy quiet time and all that, it's always been connecting with like-minded individuals. We're lucky, uh, especially now with the technology we have, like this is, this is incredible. The technology that we have that at any time anyone could reach out for help. And uh, I know that if anyone reaches out to me for help, I'm more than happy to help. Um, so why wouldn't I do that for myself? So uh, right. yeah, it's, it's a, it's a mind fuck really. Yeah. I think about that sometimes with the way that I used to talk to myself. I, I still talk to myself very negatively, but it's, it's got a different theme, but the old theme was just, you're stupid. No one will ever love you. And I, th- I had to go, well, if I was taking care of a small child and that, and, and that child got rejected or had a failure, would I say to her, well, here's the thing. No one's ever going to love you. And you know, the other thing you're always going to fail. It's like, no. So this is a fictional child that I would speak to kindly and I won't speak to myself that way. And I will say, you know, I'm sober a really long time. That has changed. But but like I said, I got I, it's got new themes, that voice. They're not as debilitating, but they're there. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think that's always going to be part of the human condition. And we live in a society where we've been conditioned to negativity. Um, yeah. You know, the first word we hear is no. Um, so there's, there's generally a lot of negativity out there. Um, I really respect and admire a lot of the people in this group that promote self-love, that promote, um, you know, the, the reality is uh, there's nothing outside of myself that's going to make me make me happy. Um, I have to be happy with with who I am. And part of that is being good enough to myself to reach out when I'm not feeling well, when I'm, when I'm feeling down. Um, the only guarantee in life is, you know, the only person that I'm guaranteed to be with my whole life is me. I can't get around that. I've tried. I can't get away from that. Um, people may come and go. Um, I, I've certainly learned that substances don't don't make me any happier. Um, things don't make me any happier. Um, it's it's human connection that makes me happier. Um, and I've really been working lately on connecting uh, with myself. Um, 
And, you know, it's interesting you talk about would you talk to a child that way? And I've, I've started doing a lot of research on inner child um, type of stuff. And, you know, even if I don't feel like doing something or I'm depressed or something's going to be wrong for me, it's about, um, you know, doing it for young Brad, doing it for, you know, little five-year-old Brad who is completely innocent and um, just fun loving, right? It's not necessarily about doing it for 33-year-old Brad, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I love that. I've never heard that. Have you heard about uh, Johan Hari, by the way? Do you know who that is? No, I don't. He said, you just quoted him earlier. He has this like, amazing talk. It's a TED Talk. He's got books. He's he's genius. And he's got a TED Talk called Everything You Know About Addiction is Wrong. And he says the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection. I might be misquoting him, but it's something just like that. And the interesting thing to me is that no matter, you know, there's all this controversy around like 12 step and should you do this? And no, that's bad. And that kills people. But what everybody agrees on is that community is the key element. Um, Absolutely. I, I totally agree with that. Um, there's, there's elements of everything, you know, that I can take or leave even there's, there's elements of, of AA that I love. I've met some incredible people there and there's elements I really dislike, but uh, at the end of the day, my my theory is whatever's working in your recovery, do more of that yeah. um, and, and stay connected. Once I start drifting away from the connection, uh, all bets are off. And then, uh, you know, if, if the self-destruction, the Incredible Hulk may come out. Now, in terms of 2018. Yes. And in terms of what you've talked about, in terms of maybe wanting to get out of this sales career and do something else, what are your goals and how can we help you? So I am basically out of that career, actually. Uh, yeah. Coming to, coming to you live from my basement right now. Um, I went. <laughs> Is that a thing? Uh, it, it, it's a good thing that I'm not doing the sales job right now. Um, what happened was, and a month ago, what happened was I, I had broken down completely and the sales job was causing tons of stress, tons of anxiety, leading me to start drinking again. And uh, so I went on a, basically I'm on a sick leave right now, but I have no intention of returning to that particular role. At this point, they're just sorting out if there's a different sort of service oriented role, something that would be a little uh, less uh, stressful. Um, whether or not that happens is completely out of my control at this point. Um, so in the meantime, I've, I've thought a lot about what, what would I really want to do if, if, uh, there's a great book, um, called enjoy the ride by Steve Gilliland. It's mm -hmm. a really short read and it's basically, he was in a similar position to me where he was a salesman. He was good at it, made money, um, all of that, all of that stuff, but he wasn't happy. And his, his secretary says to him. You know, if, if every job paid $2 an hour, what, what would you do? And his answer was, I'd like to be a motivational speaker, help people find what their calling is. Um, sort of like what you do with, with Fight Hustler. I'd mm -hmm. like to help people find what their calling is. And so I reread that book uh, last week and I, it really got me thinking. I enjoy helping people. I obviously, I, I love dogs, like I said. Um, I'm, I'm working right now on trying to figure out something that's enough to make a living on, um, but help, help others, um, and, and maintain a way to stay outside myself, whether that's speaking, whether that's, you know, coaching someday, um, 
you know, lots of different things. I actually just applied to a, a, a job at our local PetSmart as a, as a dog. Um, I, I would enjoy doing that. I would make yeah. far less money than I was making, but I'd be happy. And um, I, one thing I've learned is anytime I've chased uh, money or I've chased society's expectations of me, uh, things have typically gone poorly uh, for me. If I, if I can really follow my, my heart, my gut instincts, even if I'm making minimum wage, uh, at least I'm hanging out with Fido all day and, and cutting his hair, right? Uh, or something of that nature. But uh, so again, my friend Ryan and I are, are kind of workshopping a lot of ideas that we can work on together. I have a, a business background. He has a background in counseling, addictions counseling. Uh, so we're trying to kind of fold those together right now and see what we can come up with. Um, I did launch the, the Sobertunity uh uh, website, which hasn't really gone anywhere yet, just Instagram and, and Facebook uh, stuff that I've been posting. Not sure what that's going to become, but it's about um, the opportunity that being sober, that being mentally healthy provides us. Uh, for a long time, it was all about what am I giving up? What am I quitting right now? Yeah. Um, we talk about quitting drinking, quitting drugs, quitting, quitting misery is what we're doing. We're, <laughs> we're, we're, we have the opportunity now to do anything we want. If I'm drinking, I don't have the opportunity to do anything whatsoever. I'm not a functional alcoholic. I'm, I'm a very dysfunctional alcoholic. Yeah. Uh, let's put it that way. <laughs> well, first of all, I love that. I think that's an amazing name. It's not easy to come up with an amazing name. And, and look, my experience was before I got sober, and granted, this was the dark ages. This was 1999. It's like oh. when I started to try, I know, a thousand and two years old, but, but I, all I did was get fired from jobs. I, I still get fired whenever I have a job in recovery, but it, it was, it was far more tragic. I, I'm just meant to work for myself. And, you know, and I always wanted to write a book and I always wanted to do all these things. And, and I got sober and I got my dream job working for premier magazine. And then I wrote book after book after book. And it's not that I'm so talented or so lucky. I just hustle. And I know, cause I've experienced it that whatever we set our minds to, we can have not to be that person, you know, who says cheesy things like that, but it's true. And I think you're totally right on with like, yes, PetSmart and yes, talking to Brian and yes, getting your business background involved. And maybe you're a coach who helps show people how to use pets to help heal them. You know, God knows what it is, but I do know, and I really don't mean to just like hype this group, but I do know with a community like this, and, you know, it's like we're our own mastermind. You can bring the group and say, what, you know, what should I do to that with that? What do you guys think? And I did, we did a survey of who's in this group. And I, I don't know if you, did you take it? And it's like, we asked all sorts of invasive yep. questions, like how much money do you make and where do you live? And do you pray and, and all of these things. And this is an incredible group. So, so I truly believe by doing this by the end of the year, we can get, all sorts of things. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but, and I promise I will let you talk. It just never comes fast enough for any of us. You know, yeah. we, we, uh, we love instant gratification. I, I, we were just talking about that in a meeting that I was at just before, before we started on this. But uh, I, in my experience in, in hanging out with a lot of people in recovery, um, these are, we are generally, high achievers, bright people, creative people, um, you know, more so I would say than the average uh, cross-section of, of folks. 
Uh, the only problem in my case has always been I can build my life up probably twice as fast as most people, um, but I can burn it down 10 to 100 times faster than most people. Right. Right. So it's it's maintaining that forward progress. And this this group's incredible for, yeah, for me thinking of, OK, which direction I, do I go to? There's a lot of very accomplished people in this group in the field that I'm interested in. Um, and that's what I've really been enjoying out of it mm -hmm. um, more more than anything. And one thing that I want to start doing more of is lessons, um, you know, because I've learned the hard way a bunch of stuff. Like, how do you make it as a writer? How do you build up your Facebook page? And um, and I want to figure out a way to start doing those lessons because those lessons can. The truth is, we're in the most wonderful and horrible period, which is traditional stuff's broken. So how do and it is all about finding your tribe. So how each yeah. of us in a creative or helping field needs to find our tribe. So how do we do that? And that's something that that I've started focusing on and started to have failures and successes in. So um, now we have to wrap up. This has been amazing. Is there anything you want to say to the group, to the world at large about recovery, about you, about your dog? Anything? Uh, well, my my dog is uh, prancing around like she wants to go outside, so it's a good thing we're wrapping up soon. But uh, what I want to say and, and why I reached out to you about this is we do have some people in the group that are early in their journey. Um, we have some people further along in their journey. It, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. I'm not really crazy about day counts and that sort of thing. Maybe that's a defense mechanism because I, I have reset my counter quite a few times. But, um, you know, there's a, a Japanese proverb um, that says, fall down seven times, stand up eight. We have to keep getting ourselves off of the mat when we fall down. And I know I have more than enough support to do that. Anyone in this group has more than enough support to do that. Uh, and anyone that's courageous enough to be in recovery is always gonna have that support. Right, right. Brad, you are awesome. I cannot thank you enough for doing this. And um, most of you guys will see this later. Oh, it's a great, great, great one. So I love all of you. Have a wonderful day. And Brad, thank you. Thanks, Anna. I had a ball. Bye. Bye.